With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Steam room action. Oh, yeah. Coming at you. I'm going to be on fire today, Ernie. I can't wait. I'm going to be on fire today. That's a lot to live up to. No, that's a, no, that's no, a lot I got to live some up good to. Stuff. I'm going to start with yeah, some sad hold, stuff. Well, hold on a second. This is Charles Barkley, by the way. This is Ernie Johnson. If you're a, a first-time listener to the Steam Room, maybe you're just taking someone's recommendation. Hey, you should try listening to this. Or you could be a, a loyal steamer. But before you, listen, I know, I, I, just stop, okay? You you're going to get a lot to talk about. I'm you're going to have a lot to you talk know, about. You see a commercial and they have to put your name up there? You're uh-huh. not famous then, okay? Uh-huh. They know who we are. We've been okay. doing this thing for four. This is year four, correct? Yes, it is. Okay. They know who the season, hell we are by season now. Season four. Okay. Okay. But here's the deal. Last week, we started the show with a story, uh, an embarrassing story for Oh, you, my God. The about, how, about how you had called uh, Mike Fratello while thinking you were calling our director from inside the NBA, Steve Fiorello, to talk about the Cleveland Browns. By accident, you dial Mike Fratello, and then you don't admit to Mike Fratello that it was a mistake, okay? <laughs> so you just continue this conversation and you don't realize that it's Mike Fratello till 10 minutes in and then you, you're trying to, you're kind of backtrack. So, that, I mean, that was, an, that was an embarrassing situation for you, agreed? Yes, it agreed? was embarrassing. Well, you ever wonder what the czar of the Telestrator, Mike Fratello, thinks about that, that uh, telephone conversation? <laughs> How devastating it was for the czar? Watch this and listen. This is Mike Fratello. Fratello. <laughs> I'm a little upset because last Sunday morning, I got a phone call from you. You didn't know this, but I happened to have people in my house visiting, and the phone was laying on my counter in the kitchen. And they look at it and go, ah, Charles Barkley is calling. <laughs> You didn't call me. You didn't even intend to call me. You were calling Steve Fiorillo. How can you mistake me for Steve Fiorillo? Give me a break, Fiorillo, Fratello. I'm so embarrassed. I feel so bad now because those people in my kitchen were excited. You think about the number of things that we've been through together. Dinner, Coach Belichick. Dinner up in Murray Hill, the Italian section of Cleveland together. Remember when I got your birthday party all arranged? You forgot about that one, didn't you? You didn't care that I went through all that trouble for you. Obviously, your eyes are going bad. So I just went out and got you. These are plus 3.5 readers (laughs) to help straighten your eyes out. Just in case you forget, once again, I want to remind you, it's Mike fratello not steve fiorillo i'm the guy that if you remember i got these golf balls for you remember the czar golf balls the yellow ones so you could find them when you hit them and you lose them all the time i want you to take a look at this this is the czar the czar is mike fratello not steve fiorillo 
And now I feel bad because I have to call those people up that were in my kitchen that <laughs> thought you actually called to say hello because we're good friends. You're my buddy. You know what I mean? And I have to tell him, no, it was a mistake. He thought I was Steve Ferrell. Just another disappointing day in the life of a czar. Ernie, good luck with Chuck. Chuck, thanks for your friendship over the years. Mm. You devastated the man. That's my guy. <laughs> yeah. That's my guy. That's your guy. I see, Fiorello and Fratello are right together yeah, stop in my it. phone. I'm, great. Fine. Once it happened, and you, you should have recognized immediately the czar's voice and said, Oh, Mike. No, because we're such good friends. I didn't want to think him to think that no, I... You, yeah, you were. You were good friend. Hey, man. I'm a, we make mistakes in society. And you just compounded that one by not just fessing up. Yes, I did. Okay. Yeah. Okay, we put that story to bed. Okay. All right. I love now you, Coach. Now it's uh, first of all. Yeah, first of all, it's, I'm going to start with some tough ones today, man. Um, There's been a lot of tough oh, ones, man. Oh, my goodness. Been, it's been rough. Uh, I want to give my thoughts to Celine Dion. I've only met her one time in my life. I was at Tiger's charity event probably 10, 15 years ago. And she was there and I had to spend time with her and her husband because I had to introduce Seal. And we were spending some time together, man. She just, obviously, she's a very talented lady. But she was so kind. Her husband was so kind. And obviously, he passed away a few years ago. But I just want to give her my thoughts, man, because she's a beautiful, kind person. And, man, we never know what, what's going to be thrown at us. And I know she's going to handle it with class and dignity, but just want to let her know that it was a pleasure and an honor to meet her, and I wish her nothing but the best. And secondly, Grant Wall, I, I, I don't think I've ever met Grant Wall. I have not. But just seeing the outpouring of love and respect for him, I just want to acknowledge – uh, you know, I, I, I'm not a big soccer fan. But we've seen him a lot uh, yeah, in the lead-up to the World yes, Cup and yes. during the World Cup. Yeah. And everybody's, you know, I mean, he's he's been all over the place. That's the only way I've seen him. Yeah, and you can just tell. I mean, the guy knows his stuff, knows yeah. it cold, and is a great, um, uh, he's a great ambassador for the game. Yeah. You know, Taylor Twelman is a good friend of mine. He gave me crap because I call him Tyler Twelman. And uh, I talked to him occasionally. I don't know a lot about soccer. I watched the World Cup, and that's it, every four years. Uh, but, man, he's seen uh, – just looking at all the outpouring of uh, things, Just I just want to yeah. wish his family nothing but the best. And, you know, anytime somebody dies, it's bad, but it really sucks during the holidays. And and at that age. I mean, yeah. he wasn't 48, 49 yeah. years old. And, and in the middle of this – of you know the biggest tournament yeah, that, in the world. that that sport knows, and yes. we've seen him basically covering it every day, and all of a sudden it's like, hold it, can this be I right? Know, I know, man. So, and since we're talking about the World Cup, shout out to one of my security guys at the Four Seasons. Name is Eunice from Morocco. Oh, comes to work every day, skipping like he's doing the gritty. First African country to make it to the semifinals. He told me three weeks ago, we're going to do great. We're going to do great. So Eunice, is, he called me in Florida the other day to say, you see, we beat Portugal. So shout out to Eunice. And this one is kind of, me and Mike Leach were actually friends. Mm -hmm. And obviously he passed away today. And I just, I met Mike Leach at the 
uh, Auburn ch- championship. I had a party for the Auburn people, and he came through. And I said, hey, I, I didn't like what happened to you at Texas Tech. I've been a big fan for a long time. And we swip, swapped numbers. He got the job at Washington State, and we would text occasionally. In the last few years, I've texted, texted him at Mississippi State. And I actually sent him a text uh, Sunday when I heard he had a, a health condition. I didn't know it was that dire. So he's a friend, and I just want to give my thoughts and prayers to his family. Uh, coach was a terrific coach. You know, people say he was quirky and everything, but all our interactions together were just cool. And I just, man, it just sucks. 61 years old. Yeah, it's been a tough week. Yeah. Well, the one, the, the, the tough one is just this next one, uh, Paul Silas. Yeah. You know, I got a bunch of texts from people saying, hey, man, I'm sorry about your coach. Because, man, this dude, he and the thing that's crazy, and I called him like a week and a half, like a week ago, I think, just to say, hey, coach, Chuck here. Just wanted to tell you I was thinking about you. Uh, let you know, man, I love you. I hope you're doing good. And he didn't get back to me. And then, obviously, like five or six days later, he was gone. But, man, I learned a lot about basketball from him. The man he told me, he says, Chuck, you think that guy's a good player? I said, yeah, I think he's a good player. He says, he's an inconsistent player because he got us 30 points one night. He got us 10 points one night. So people are going to say he's averaging 20. It's going to be hard to win with that. He said, I learned a lot from Red Arback. He says, Paul, why are you trying to do this? And this is is how I judge players because they taught me a lot. He says, Paul, why are you trying to do that? He says, what are you good at? He says, I'm a great defender and rebounder. He said, why don't you just do that and don't do anything else? And he says, in the beginning, it was kind of like, Red, what the hell are you talking about? He says, Paul, on an NBA team, you have to do what you do well. That's how we win. He said, when guys try to do other stuff they're not good at, that's when you get in trouble. He said, Paul, you're a terrific defender and rebounder. Just do that. That's going to help us win. How far into your career were you when he coached you? Uh, eight years. You were eight years into your yes. career? Yes. Did you learn anything about rebounding, even though you were an established great rebounder by that time from Paul Silas? I don't know if that time I learned anything about rebounding, but he talked to me. He taught me how to judge players. That was the main thing. And obviously, the most famous story I've told many times on television, you know, I'm playing awful one night. And I'm down about it. And he starts screaming, Chuck, you're supposed to be a damn superstar. Get your head out your ass. Get your head out your ass and play. And he keeps going. He says, if you're going to be a superstar, be a superstar. And I was embarrassed because he yelled at me in front of the team. And I says, yo, man, you keep yelling at me, I'm going to come punch you in your head. And he says, you got a head too. <laughs> that is one of my favorites. And, and the whole locker room just started laughing. And I, and like, from that, I mean, we'd already, man, we talked about that all the time from that on. My favorite line, you got a head too. And I'm going to miss Coach. You know, his son coaches, so he said, Steven is the head coach of the Rockets. You're right. Uh, but, man, he was a hell of a player, but he was a great man. I remember watching him play with the Atlanta Hawks. Man. Way, 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 way back. Because yeah. he, he, he started with the St. Louis Hawks, moved to Atlanta. He played here for one year. But I remember Lou Hudson and Joe Caldwell oh, and man. that whole you, crew. Some good and names. Selmo Beatty and, and – 
and Paul Silas uh, on that team too. Yeah, but I, will, I really enjoyed playing for Coach and just rest in peace. He will be missed for sure. Now, uh, I got two more things I want to talk about, and Ernie has nothing to do with this. This is 100% truck, Chuck, 100%. Or truck. Truck Robinson, shout out. Just played golf with him. That's why he's on my mind. So I want to talk about Brittany Griner. I want to say, Brittany, welcome home. Uh, man, it's been, I can't even imagine what you and your wife have been through. We're glad to have you back in the United States. I can't imagine being unlawfully detained over some BS for that being. And, you know, I, I, I talked about you. I guess you're outside if you shaved your head just because it kept freezing. I, I mean, I, I mean, that's just that makes things even worse. But, you know, there is some controversy about the prisoner swap. And we really need to get Mr. Whelan home. Uh, he's a Marine. He's been Paul Whelan. Paul yes. Whelan. He's been there for four years. And we really need to get him home. Uh, but Brittany's home. Uh, and I just want to say uh, to the people who are trying to make it political or who, who are complaining, shut the f*** up. Shut the f*** up. And that's what I want to say. And my second thing is Deion Sanders. Uh, Deion, hey man, good luck at Colorado. And I have seen some of the criticism from people calling you a, a sellout uh, for leaving, uh, calling you an Uncle Tom and things like that. And man, hey man, you left Jackson State in a better place then you found it. You had no obligation to stay there forever. And to your critics, shut the f up. Shut the f up. I think we may have to rename this first segment. And now I'm good to go now. It's no longer first of all. Yeah, I'm good to go now. You look like a weight has been lifted off your shoulders, Chuckster. Ernie, I hate BS, man. Yeah. I hate BS. Are you going to tell me anything? Ernie, I don't want to get fired. <laughs> That's a good way to get fired around here. Anybody working around here, the best way to get fired is piss off the Godfather. Jeez. We'll be back. Back here on the steam room. Um, Chuckster, last Thursday... Uh, I wake up in the in the morning and uh, turn on the news right about the same time that the word came down that Brittany Griner uh, had been released, was heading back to the United States. Yes. And um, I mean, that was nine months um, that she had been detained over there and then sent to a penal colony in Russia. Um but now that chapter was was finally ending. Um, one person I know who was, I mean, a lot of folks were celebrating that. One person in particular I know was was Kelsey Plum, who uh, last year in, in winning the All-Star Game MVP for the WNBA dedicated that game to Brittany Griner. And Kelsey joins us now. Thank you so much for taking some time with us. Um, last Thursday, what was going through your head and going uh, on 
in your chest uh, with your heart pounding, I would assume, when you heard that news? I couldn't believe it. First of all, thanks for having me. Um, I couldn't believe it. I woke up and I had like 35, 40 texts. And so my first thought was like, "Uh oh, I think somebody passed, you know, and then uh, I start reading them and I realize I'm like, oh, my gosh, uh, it really happened. Because I think that for I don't know about you guys, but from from my stance, it didn't look very hopeful for the situation, you know, so for that to to come to fruition. And that's something that, you know, not only I've been praying for, but um, also, you know, like our sisters around the league and America really wrapped their arms around her and the situation. And so just really, really uh, excited and thankful to have her home. You guys have been so amazing keeping, not letting people forget because, you know, in our, in our society, something crazy happens like once every couple of weeks and we move on to the next crazy story. How important was it for your league? I think the NBA, we did a small part. I know Steph Curry's did some really cool things. How important was to the WNBA to keep her voice out there? I mean, crucial, like you said. Uh, and I don't think it's on purpose with bad intent, but we do forget, you know. We just move on. We have really busy lives. And, um, you know, we made it a point of emphasis that whatever we could do to keep her in the forefront, we were going to do. So last season, uh, every court had 42 on it, you know. Our warm-up jerseys, everything had 42. You know, we're talking about Brittany in interviews with the media. We're just not, like with Team USA, you know, we won a world championship this year. We know Brittany's supposed to be on that team. You know, we're, we're, we were just very intentional. And I think the reason it was so effective is because we're a collective unit. You know, when we decide to do something together as a league, us 144 women, you know, buckle down and do it. And I'm really proud to be a part of it. You know, you, you're on the young side. You're a youngster, as we call it. <laughs> have you yeah. talked? Is, have that, you, is that a term that's yeah, totally yeah, reserved yeah, for you to use? Yes, you know, youngster, it's from, I'm, from, I'm, from, yeah. I'm from the old school. Yes, you are. But my question is, you went directly to the WNBA. Have you talked to some, like, I I live in Phoenix, and I used to hear Donna Tarasi talk about, I just got back from Russia. Have you talked to some of the older ladies about playing overseas to make all that extra money? First of all, Chuck, you got a young spirit, so I, I, I consider you... <laughs> Halfway in between. But I think that, um, yeah, I, I lived in Istanbul for three different off seasons. So I've played in Turkey um, and I've traveled to Russia. I've traveled all across Europe. Um, and so I've been, you know, I've been in that overseas grind and it's brutal because, I mean, for three years, I didn't have more than two, three days off. Uh, I was even from the WNBA season when it ended, I was on a flight over to Turkey. Um, that was the commitment that I made. Um, and so, yeah, that's something that we're working on. You know, I just got uh, elected to be uh, the first vice president of the Players Association. And so, you know, for me, I feel like that's a big, you know, issue is figuring out how we can, um, you know, make the best of both worlds happy. Because let's be real, there are players that stay in the United States that make a lot of money. And then there are players that go overseas to make that money to bridge the gap from their salary in the United States. I was doing an interview last week and I said, uh, I was asked by Wolf Blisser, what can we do? I says, well, I said, first of all, we need to take a hard look in the mirror because I've seen Candace and Sue. Why, why aren't more of the WNBA players getting more national commercials here in the States? That's a great question. I think that 
you know, if we're going to be completely honest, I think that certain companies check the box. They take a top level star. They check the box with their one commercial a year and they move on. Um, I don't know how uh, we change it directly. Um, that's something that is like the major question. I do know that as part of the WNBA, I think what we can do is just make it more visible. Like it's so hard to like tune in and watch WNBA games because of like streaming platforms. You know what I'm saying? Like you got to log in and my poor mom's trying to subscribe to three different channels to get the W like to get the game. Like that's my mom, you know, a casual fan's not going to put in that type of effort. So I feel like making it less resistant to the consumer to be able to just like with y'all, I love your guys' show. I turn on TNT and I watch some people don't even watch the game. They just watch you. Um, but that's, it's accessible. It's easy. Like, so I think that that accessibility can change everything for us. Um, in this new role, in this, this leadership position with the Players mm-hmm. Association, how do you begin to address uh, pay? I mean, how do you, how do you yeah. put out there that here's what we would like to see? I saw, I saw an interview you had the other day, and you said, look, we're not trying to be paid the same as the guys. We just want the percentage to reflect uh, what we're doing here. Take me through that and what your case would be to, to improving the pay for the WNBA. I think it starts with um, kind of similar to what you said. Like, so a lot of people don't understand that we're not asking for the same. We're asking for, you know, a similar, not even the same shared revenue, but a similar percentage of revenue shared. I also think too, that you have to understand the NBA is 75 years ahead of us. So there's, we're comparing apples to uh, seeds. Like we're not even, you know what I'm saying? We're not even comparing fruit to fruit. And so I think that a lot of times we end up, and it's no fault of anyone's, but we end up comparing, you know, the, the NBA. But when we look at it, I mean, the WNBA for where we are compared to where the NBA was, we're doing great. Uh, So we got to continue to stay on that track. I think, I think it's about, like I said, accessibility to big TV contracts. I think it's about um, having better understanding of marketing within the league. Um, We got to get some new people in the office that, you know, can appeal to Gen Z and understand what the consumer wants. Yeah, I think that as bad as this thing was for Brittany, and it was horrific. Mm -hmm. I mean, when I read that she cut her hair because it kept freezing, I was like, damn, that is crazy. Uh, But I think as as bad and horrific as this is, it could turn out to be a good thing because now I think American companies, the NBA, they're like, you know what, we got to do more for these ladies so they don't have to go to crappy-ass countries to make more money. So it it was obviously bad and horrific, but I think we need to take a look in the mirror and say, man, we shouldn't have these, especially these people are Olympians, they're world champions, and they have to go to crappy countries just to make extra money. So you think this could be a turning point in in, in retrospect? I do. I, I I think that we have people's attention. I think it's important to capitalize on it. Uh, but it is one of those things where it's not like a switch and it's changed. You know, this is an overtime thing. What Diana and Sue uh, and Candace have done have given me the opportunity to now hopefully what I can, you know, 
start to push that envelope for the next generation. I mean, similar to what you've done, you laid the groundwork for the young guys now. So I feel like uh, it's not like a switch, but I definitely think you're right. It is a, it is a big point in that we can use it to uh, educate people and grow. Honest answer from me here. The absolute, I mean, absolute honesty in this, in this answer. Okay. Yes, sir. Okay. Have you smoked a cigar since you smoked that one in the victory parade after you won the WNBA championship? Absolutely not. That was that not a, was that not a good experience? Oh my gosh, I uh, it was like a combination of um, not really having a ton of food in me, which was already a crime. Like to smoke a cigar on an empty stomach, that's not something that you should do. That's what I learned. Uh, and I had a bunch. LeBron sent me like a bunch of Lobos tequila, so it was like tequila, cigar, nothing dead like i was i went home everyone went to the club after the parade i was in the bed in the fetal position just like kind of laying there well <laughs> i will tell you that's happened to me four times i think where i smoked a really strong cigar and had eaten and let me tell you something that little <laughs> next hour is brutal because you know you're like hey we're playing golf we start i'm smoking cigars and next thing I know, my head is floating. I was like, they're like, yo, man, you can't, you can smoke a cheap, you can smoke a cheap cigar, but if you try to smoke a good cigar without eating anything, it's going to knock you on your ass. Yeah. I think Kelsey has just uh, yeah. testified to that, to <laughs> yes. that uh, fact. Um, hey, so tell me this Tom Brady story and why he sent you a jersey. First, tell, oh, first, first tell us about your, your interaction with him and then tell us about your reaction to getting that signed jersey okay so so uh they came into the, the locker room before the game and they said hey i just want to let you know uh tom is coming to the game and i was like okay this isn't funny like this is a prank because they know that's my favorite player right and so i i was like this isn't funny that's like borderline abuse to mess with me like that whatever <laughs> so so we start we start playing the game and sure enough second quarter Tommy turns the corner and sits down and I'm thinking to myself, like, I got to do something like I got to have him remember this. So I like, you know, hit him with a couple of something, hit a shot, looked at him. I'm like talking to him while I'm running back. Like, yeah, you see me. I know you see me. And then at halftime, I knew at halftime, I'm like, all right, like I'm going to kind of feel it out. And so I walked onto the court it's a couple minutes before, uh, you know, we're starting the second half. And we make eye contact. And I'm like, this is it. I walked over and I just, he went for like a handshake and I just grabbed that thing in and gave him a big hug. All sweat, all sweaty and stinky. Yeah. I rubbed all on I, and I started barking <laughs> in his ear. I just said, you a dog. Like, and then he was like, the best part though was I thought he probably could have looked at me like this chick is crazy. But he looked at me and he was like, yeah, like, and I was like, yeah, like we're connecting right now. And then that was it. And then uh, randomly, a couple weeks later, a, a box showed up at my door. And uh, I, I opened it and it was Tom Brady's jersey, signed, personalized, everything. And it was like one of the coolest moments ever. So you've had a great year. Do you go back to Turkey? So I'm staying this year. Actually, uh, I had shoulder surgery. Uh, I tore my labrum during the playoffs and just kind of played through it. And it was definitely worth it. I mean, one. Uh, so 
I've been rehabbing that. Um, but normally, yes, normally I would be in Turkey right now uh, playing. Yeah. So your right labrum you tore? Because you're a lefty. I am, but I didn't I didn't really realize how much, like when you go up to shoot, like you're you're really, I mean, it's your guide hand, but you're really using it all the time and like holding off people because I'm smaller, right? Uh, so yeah, that was uh, in the playoffs. So I just was like, I'm just going to go to the basket because I can't shoot. <laughs> <laughs> well, don't hurt that left shoulder because I saw that video of you throwing t-shirts into the crowd in a game. <laughs> you got a cannon. Is that because your dad was a baseball player? Did he teach you how to throw like that? Yeah, he would always, uh, growing up, he said, plumber, uh, can't be thrown like a girl. So we would practice <laughs> throwing. <laughs> throwing. He was a QB and a, uh, and a baseball player. He played third base. And so my dad, like, we, we, we played a lot of catch growing up. Um, and, yeah, I didn't really think anything of it, but people, something about a girl throwing a ball far, people loved it. No, it's it's anybody who has a good arm that you appreciate. I love you know I like, I like seeing somebody cut yeah. loose, and when when you did, and from the left side, it is a thing of beauty. <laughs> so yeah, so that's and and that's one of the things too, Chuck. You know, I've been married to Cheryl Ann for for forty years. Yeah, and that's and that's one of the wow. things yeah. that I really appreciate is that she can throw stuff and she can catch stuff. I what's, love that. She, so I could so I can throw something across the kitchen. She's, and she'll catch. She's it. throwing dishes at you. No. Uh, no, no, just, but 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 I but I've always appreciated that. It was like I don't want to have to always walk over and hand something to somebody. Yeah. But mm. with, with Cheryl Ann, I can throw something across the across the uh, across the room, and she'll catch it. Well, but, but one more question from me: Do you want to come just right now? Guarantee a repeat right now? Uh, you know, from for someone that's never won a championship, that's Uh-oh. that's uh, I'll just give whoa. you some advice. That's that's really that's really not that's whoa. really not what you do. Oh my goodness, man! <laughs> it's the Christmas season. Oh, oh my! Everybody's nice. <laughs> hey, everybody's nice around Christmas. Look at the steam room oh taking my a goodness. vicious turn. <laughs> hey, the bad thing about it, we can't even man. cut that out of the damn interview. No, we're not about we- to cut that out, <laughs> Chuckster. <laughs> Plumber coming off the top, top rope. man. <laughs> okay, okay. Hey, I, I, I'm gonna have to let that go. It's, but you know, Kels, we we being nice. It's the holiday season now. Mm-hmm. Santa Claus is You're coming right. to town no, in a couple love. weeks. Okay, okay. It's, it's all love. To answer your question, I mean, I'm gonna do everything it takes. I know my teammates are, but you you understand it's it's a brutal league. You know how good our league is, and you got to stay healthy. You got to get the right time. Like I'm never someone to guarantee anything. Life is never promised. You know, I want to talk about your coach a second. And you're talking about Becky Hammond, of course. Mm -hmm. Because we were shocked that she didn't wait for an NBA job. Yeah. Because if they're going to be a woman head coach, and that should be at some point in our history, number one, she's amazing. But were you surprised that she came and didn't wait on an NBA job? I think she was surprised. I th- I think we were all like I I remember getting the call, and um, I would yeah I was shocked. Um, but to see her and what she did in just this it's not even a year. I mean our season's only like four and a half months. What she did with our team, um, I mean there there's no coincidence that we had six people in career highs, um, pretty much in every category. She completely revamped the offense, uh, just empowered people. Um, the best X's and O's late game that I've ever seen in my life. So, yeah, it's a matter of time before the NBA uh, steals her from us. 
but I'm definitely going to enjoy her while we have her. Kelsey Plum, it's been great talking to you. Appreciate you spending time in the steam room. And uh, let me say this. you got So you got that Tom Brady jersey. Well, keep your eye on the mail because coming soon to your residence there in Las Vegas, Chuck will send you his championship ring. Okay. See, you see, that, that, what? You, you just going to throw what? gasoline on the fire. What? See? What? <laughs> what? Me? Never. She did start it, though, Artie. <laughs> hey, thank you. Appreciate you. Thanks, guys. Thank Merry you. Christmas and happy holidays yes. to you. Take care of that right shoulder, even though you don't need it. <laughs> it's looking good. All That's right. it. He is legendary. Yeah. Tim Kiley. The longtime producer of Inside the NBA. Peace. Goodwill to men, Chuck. <laughs> Joining us here in the steam room. How are you doing, Mr. Kylie? I'm, I'm doing just fine, Chuck. How are you doing? I'm doing wonderful. Hello, <laughs> Lion Eyes. <laughs> Lion Eyes. <laughs> Ernie, you're a Seinfeld guy, right? I uh, have been known to uh, watch an episode or two. Do you watch it at all, Chuck? You I know? have not. You have uh, not watched Seinfeld. I have never watched. You have never been to an ATM. I have never been to an ATM. You don't wear underwear. I do not. You think all toilet paper is the same? It is. You're a knuckleball. But okay. Just... What you got? I, I, I just took us down the wrong road. <laughs> hey, no, so, 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 Seinfeld, Friends, have watched those. All right. Well, <laughs> one of the most famous Seinfeld episodes was about your favorite holiday, Christmas, but they called it Thanksgiving's Festivus. his favorite. No, I know. I'm just being sarcastic, okay. but you know how he is. Yeah, I hate Christmas. So, so <laughs> this is the anti-Christmas. No tree, no gifts, but they have things like airing of grievances. Festivus so for the rest of us. Festivus for the rest of us. You <laughs> sit around the table and you, you get a chance to bitch at somebody about what you don't like about them. In fact, the kids today have turned it into a TikTok, and it's called Ick. What I find icky about you. You ready? Yes, why don't you wear underwear? Cause I just they, they they weren't comfortable, so I burned them like twenty years ago. You had to burn them. The big old fire too. Yeah, still yeah. smoldering. Hey, I, I wanted to make sure. I wanted to make sure it was all gone. All right. Why? Why do you have to? And you did this in this show. Why do you have to accuse Ernie? of being in behind anything that yeah. goes wrong. I mean, if I was Ernie, I'd be... Yeah. I'd, I'd, this That's would be my icky. ick. It's an ick. Why are you always blaming me for everything? Why do you think I'm the man? Because you are the man. I am not the man. You are the man. Hey, listen, Ernie. You are the grand boobah. Boobah, is that what they say? Boobah. Boobah. You are the godfather. You are Don Corleone. I'm Al Pacino. No, uh, Fredo. Fredo. Kenny is Fredo. Uh, Shaq is the, the dude who leave the Luca Brazzi. Grab the cannolis. Yeah, he's Luca Brazzi, man. Okay, why? These are all your grievances yeah, toward the truckster? Um, this is my icks. Why do you have to call your grandson Little Fronten Henry? I love that little man. But why would you call him Fronten yeah. Henry? It's a that's, that's a term of endearment. To who? Anybody in this here think it's a term it, of it's endearment? A, it's, a, it's a term of endearment. That's a great question I got to ask you, too. Yeah, it's not for you yet, TK. Let's hope not. Um, <laughs> as a grandparent. Yes. One's a wash, right? No gifts. For his first Christmas? Yeah. No, 
Oh, you got to. No, you no, you can't. No, you can't. Sure, you do. No, he doesn't understand it. He doesn't understand doesn't, it. Doesn't. Yes, he will if it's something he wants to play with. Get him. So a box. One maybe Get one him a box inside of a box. Hey, <laughs> hey, maybe one or two gifts, but don't do anything stupid and go overboard. Am no, I yeah. wrong? No, no, no. That's fine, but you can't ignore it. You can't say, hey, but that's what you said. First Christmas, no gifts. Uh, well, when I said no gifts, I mean like no more than two or three. Not a bunch of stuff that he ain't going to have any idea what the hell it is. Yeah. Am I wrong? No, that's fine. So okay, this just turned you. into your ex now. No, no, no. I, so I've been debating. I was like, the kids, first of all, uh, he'll be, I think he was nine months yesterday. And to get him 20 stupid things makes zero sense to me. First of all, he's only going to play with one or two. A box. Yes. So I'm going to try to limit that he only gets two or three gifts. Oh, what a responsible grandpa. Thank you, Ernie. Another ick. You ready? Yeah. Why, for God's sake, do you have to drop names every time you have a conversation? You did it in this show. And I was well, at Tiger's thing, thing, and then so-and-so And, -so well, and then I met Open Barack, yeah. who were over there at the White House. Just because I know famous people, and y'all are nobodies, no, we and y'all hang out with nobodies, why do I get penalized I get to hang out with somebody? No, you can hang out with whoever you want. Th yeah, that you have broadcast. to tell everyone that you're hanging out with them. But I was using it in the proper context. When I said, when I gave a shout out to Celine Dion, uh -huh. it was at Tiger's event. Yeah, you could have said I was in an event. Uh, in a, yeah, exactly. Yeah, okay, I was telling you, it, it, it goes into the context. Yeah, it does. Yeah, it fit together. Mm -hmm. Okay, this is a final X. It's icky. I caught you already today doing this. I, I I'd like to hear what this one is too. Yeah. Well, you you cleaned your phone with your tongue again. I always do that. Why do you do that? Because of getting oh, clean. You cleaned your glasses. Oh, oh the, dude, the, that's this. gross. You clean your glasses with your tongue. Look how shiny it is now. I thought you were a neat freak and a germaphobe. I am. But ain't nothing cleaner than my tongue. Uh, you pour a little of that red bond on that shirt, it'll be all right. TK, that thing is clean now. I'd like to know how clean that is. I'm just telling you right now. Look at that. I mean, look look how shiny that is. I mean, like like forensic files, like we need to run that through the gas spectrometer, bobometer, you know, like they always are running stuff through. I'd love to see that and see how much junk there is on there. I'm going to end this with a peaceful gesture. I'm going to give you a Christmas card that that uh it's very meaningful <laughs> it's um, the ron sloy all right and and from uh really tan portland ken. ken yes it's a, it's your christmas card for me even though he sent it to ernie so this got fred couples yeah, on it yeah it's a picture of him fred and fred couples. couples yeah playing golf and chuck i promise next week two tickets front row to avatar 2 won't that be a great christmas present what would it take to get you into a theater to watch Avatar 2? Zero chance. What would it take? I can't get those two. First of all, first of all, you agree with me. I, I'm just saying. I'm, I have no intention of going you to watch it. You agree with me. I know. I do agree with you. I didn't, you know, I'm not an Avatar fan. Okay. So I, what would it take to get you into I'm a theater? I'm not going to see Avatar. How many millions? No, nope. 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 I'm not going to see Avatar. I told you. I was so depressed because, you know, I always go to the movies on Friday morning when I fly home. Mm -hmm. I always test the 11 o'clock show, 12 o'clock show, whatever is during there. And this movie had been the number one movie in the world for like 
a month. Since it had been out. Yes. And Kenny's like, you're going to love it. Shaq says, you're going to love it. No, he said, yeah, but you're going to love it. You're going to love it. You're going to love it. Get and then good, I come into work the next week, and I said, yo, man, y'all made me wait, waste three hours of my life. So we're in the back arguing. Ernie says, what are y'all arguing about? I said, Ernie, I went and saw Avatar. It wasn't good to me. These fools had me be on my whole week or weekend around going to see Avatar. And Ernie says, I agree with Chuck. I do. And once the, once the Godfather rule, it was over. Oh, stop. You need to see that. There's yeah. a lot of guys who are blue. <laughs> a lot of guys who are blue <laughs> flying, around on, flying around on stuff. That's it for X, Chuck. See you next week, guys. Yeah. Yes, sir. We can't wait. I bet. Really? Can you really? wait, Chuckster? Can you wait? Me either. No. <laughs> Chuck and Ernie in the steam room. Come and join us in the steam room. Chuck and Ernie in the steam room. Leave your towel on in the steam room. Chuck and Ernie in the steam room. Chuck and Ernie in the steam room. Leave your towel on in the steam room. Yeah, we're back. Just, uh, you see, America, that's why they call me old brown eyes. Mm-hmm. I know. I bring it from down here. <laughs> and it, again, it's much better when you... Don't try to oversell it. Yeah. You just kind yes, of, it just yeah, flows. Like yeah, it, do, it does flow better yeah. when you're singing along to the Steam Room uh, theme song. Um, 404-987-0330. You know what that number is, folks? Chuck's answering machine. You can call, and if, and if Cap, our producer, deems it worthy of making the air, you may find yourself on the Steam He's Room. He's the d- decision maker? He's the producer, man. But he's the decision yeah, maker. He's the brains behind this operation, I might say. Oh my goodness. With no question. No chance of being successful. No question. He got zero chance of being successful. No question. No, no question. He's the brains of the okay. operation. <laughs> okay. Um, okay. so you might be fortunate like these three callers are this week. Number one. Hello, world. This is Charles Barkley. Leave me a message. Hey Chuck. Hey Ernie. My name is Al and I'm calling in from New York City. I'm a big fan of you guys. I've been listening and watching you since 2002 when I moved to this country from India at eight years old. In many ways, I learned about sports, American culture, banter, and honestly, just how fun all that can be from you guys. I just wanted to thank you for that and being a big part of my childhood and growing up. As a fun side fact, I heard Chuck mention My Cousin Vinny as one of his favorite movies. That's going to make you super popular with us Indians because that movie was huge in India when I was a kid. There's even an adaptation of it in my native language, Marathi. So anyways, on to my question. So if you could switch lives with one movie character for a day, what character would that be? Thank you. Can't wait for the next show. What a good question that is. That's a great question. Uh, And thanks for the compliment, too. Thanks for for making uh, us on Inside the NBA and here on the Steam Room part of your regular uh, listening and viewing. I'm... uh, I can never watch my cousin Vinny enough. Mm-hmm. Well, Joe Pesci, who I used to be really good friends with, but I haven't seen or talked to him. He was just an amazing dude. He used to be really close with Amar Rashad, and we play golf together. But, man, what a good dude Joe Pesci is. But Marissa Tomei was amazing. Um, uh, Adam's family, Fred Gwynn, was the judge. I mean, I just love that movie. How about Vinny? Oh, oh, you mean the Karate Kid? No. 
I, Joe Pesci. Yeah. Yeah. Did you say Joe Pesci? Yeah. Okay. I didn't, yeah, Joe Pesci. I, didn't hear I just said me and him and Lamar played golf back in the day a lot. You were serious about yeah. that. Uh, yeah. yeah. I love uh, that. That was a great uh, movie. But, uh, so, what, so what movie character would you like to swap places with for one day? Would it be like a superhero? Would it be a Batman? Would it be a... Uh, no, it'd probably be Mel Gibson and Braveheart. Hmm. Uh, I love the Braveheart. William Wallace. Yeah. Right before they chip off my head, I want to do freedom. I didn't want to chop your head off. You're not free. That was a great scene. It was in the film a great scene. This was this recreation was painful. I was just laying there. The prisoner has something to say. Call to. Okay. Hey, Charles. Just wanted to know, what do you do when you're off, man? All I see you do is work. Oh. What's, uh, what's something fun that Charles Barkley does on his off time? Thanks. All, Keep rocking all, on. All you do is work. Uh, Who is this cat? All you do is hey, work. I got him tricked. I got him tricked. <laughs> uh, you know, right now, I'm just playing golf every single day. I'm so happy to be playing good golf, you know, because obviously I've been to hell and back. And uh, I, I'm just playing golf every single day if I get a chance. Because it's just, you know, I, I played bad for so long and it wasn't fun. It was humiliating and embarrassing and everything. To go out and play golf good again, I need to get back into fishing. I've been fishing in a minute. I nearly, really need to get back into that. But right now... The number one thing I'm trying to do, I got to practice more on my short game. You know, I was talking to Trevor M about that down at the match. And he was saying like, I said, hey, how much percentage did you spend on practice on your short game? He says, probably 50-50 back in the day. And I never practiced my short game. Don't I love practicing short game. Uh, I, I, never, I was chipping balls yesterday. I was chipping balls up there at the Legends at Chateau Alone. Yeah. I hit balls on the range for about 45 minutes. Did you really? And then I went down for at least an hour, 15 minutes, just chipping. See, I I don't have the patience to do it. So, Trevor, I'm going to start practicing my short game a lot more. Yeah. That's where most of your shots come from, Chuckster. Yeah, I know. But in the you, course of a round. But you know, Ernie, I'm everybody's just, thinking about oh, the tee. I got to get the yeah, that, well, you got to keep the tee ball in play. Yeah. Yeah. But around the green, that's where yeah. that's where all of those uh, strokes pile up, man. Yeah, I'm going to really spend a lot more time on my short game. But, yo, man, see, I lie a lot about working. I'm not working that much, brother. No. But, see, people have a bunch of crap they want me to do. Everybody think their stuff is important. It's important, but it's not important to me. So I don't work nearly as much as you think I do. Final call. Charles, Ernie, how you gentlemen doing? And this is Teddy calling you from Chicago, Illinois. Loyal, loyal, loyal steamer. If this were not named the Steam Room, what do you think your guys' podcast would be called if not for that low-kite bracelet moment that uh, Charles had, towel on, towel off? Yeah. It's debatable. Um, what would you guys be calling your podcast? Because obviously you guys have a lot to tell to the world. Well, I think based on the first segment of the show today, uh, <laughs> that that would be in the running. Um, but... Um, if it's not the steam room, what would it be, Chuckster? 
The pals. <laughs> the pals. The pals. We're pals, Arnie. The pals. You are. We are pals. pals. Uh, the pals is uh the podcast pals. Inside the in, podcast pal. The pod pals. Yeah. Uh, inside. Uh, no, that's been used. Sometimes. Pod pals is pretty good. Let's let's go with that. The the the, the Godfather. No. 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 The Godfather no, and Chuck. No. Oh, Chuck and the Godfather. Chuck and, no. Okay. The the Pod the, Pals. The, the Pod man. Pals. Yeah. Yeah. I think. Uh, you I know, think that I, would be I would. Good. I, I've said this before, and I'll be honest with you again. I thought this was a stupid ass idea when we first started. Mm-hmm. It's a good idea. It's a great idea. I've had so much fun with the incredible guests. Uh, I look forward to it. Yeah, every I do too. But like when we first started. Because I got to tell you something. You, you're going to think this is weird. I've never listened to a podcast in my life. I don't think that's weird. I, I expect that from you. Just because I'm not t technology savvy, that's not the same as a podcast. Like, I don't use computers and things like that. Yeah. But, like, you could, there's a lot of people. You could listen. All, let you me can tell listen you to something. podcasts right there on your phone there. But what's crazy about it, a lot of my friends come up to me and said they loved they loved the last episode of the steam room mm -hmm. the thing that's crazy about it they've never mentioned a podcast to me in all these years mm -hmm. like i didn't know my friends listen to podcasts podcasts are a great way to get you through long drives or through flights or that kind of thing you can listen and some are, are so well Don't you watch movies on the flight so well put together have you seen the selection of movies lately? Well, come it, on, man. The thing is, the thing is with the movies. See, now movies are coming back up. Like my first 20 years, they kept them coming, coming, coming. There was always a bunch of movies coming out. Then the pandemic hit. And then we had to watch the same damn movies all the time. Mm -hmm. But now they're starting to come around again, which yeah, is good. I know, I know. Listen to Tom Rinaldi's podcast about Lyman Bostock. Wait, why didn't uh, Lyman the Bostock, baseball player? Yeah. I remember yeah. him. It's, I mean, and this is, this is, again, is one of these podcasts, Chuckster. You get on a plane for that flight, that flight out to Phoenix, and these, these episodes, boom, 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 tell the story. And Rinaldi's awesome already. Yeah. You think Tom Rinaldi gives us a shout out on his podcast? Uh, I don't know, but I, all I know is when I hear quality or see quality, I like to point it out. And Tom Rinaldi's one of the best. He is, but do you think he'd give us a shout out on his podcast? If we ever did something good, he'd probably shout yeah. you out now after he heard that first segment today. <laughs> anyway, that's no, uh, he's he's great. I like messing with people. That is um, the steam room. We certainly hope you've enjoyed it because we've uh, I enjoyed we've, today. Yeah, we've had, had to get some stuff off my chest. <laughs> yes, you did. Yeah, <laughs> yes, you did. Uh, and we'll see you next week which will be just last uh, one for a while five days before christmas i know as a matter of fact santa claus is coming to town is the christmas edition is it going to be something special next week we'll have to wait and see yes. that's all up to cap who's the brains behind the operation well clearly it's not going to be that good tune in anyway see you then <laughs>